0: thank you for tuning in to our sermon podcast from Connect Church. We'd like to invite you to join us in person at 1101 West Grand in Ponca City, Oklahoma, or on Facebook Live. Go to connectchurchpc.com to learn more about how we are helping people connect every day.
1: We are a people. His love sets free, connecting people to live life abundantly. You know, you always have a home
0: with us. Connect, Church. hey guys, I've got this great handy dandy whiteboard. I was using the other day and Kenneth said, hey, you should take that on stage with you, and then Jack was in my office, and Jack goes, dad, you should take that on stage with you, and so I thought, you know, it's biblical. We're two or more gathered in the name of the Lord. We should do whatever they suggest, right? It's somewhere around there, right? But Um, This Wednesday, we're doing our Amplify, and there's a couple things that we are talking and discussing with passionate spirituality, because Amplify is all about how we can truly be the church that God is calling us to be, to get to the next stage, to get to the next level, to reach people that God wants us to reach. And so we're going to talk about passionate spirituality, and there's a personal question. I won't make people stand up and give their personal stories, but here's the personal question. How's your prayer life? And, And it gauges how well we're doing the other one is, is uh, functional structures. How are we structured to, to do things that God has called us to do? And you're not going to believe this, but I can't pull up my sermon. That could be a problem. Wing
2: it. Wing it. Yeah, We're because I got nuts in the back.
0: But remember, so. In case you guys are wondering, it's called the generosity. Look, it even swivels. Like that? I can flip it over, I've got, I've got my, I'm really having fun with this. Although, it looks much bigger in my office. So I might put in a request to the uh, local board of administration for one twice this wide. But, I, I've, been, I've been telling you guys that we have been um, on this, I've been on this journey with Dr. Tom Harrison and uh, he's a retired pastor from Asbury Church in Tulsa, just retired, and he says, hey, I still got, I still got gas in the tank, and I want to pour in the pastor's lives. And, and so I spent uh, some time with him, and it was so great just to, to listen to him and to have him pour into me and pour into other people. But he said when he went to Asbury 29 years ago, he preached basically three messages for an entire year. He preached 14 messages on on this topic right here, and it's a Greek word, koinonia. And my handwriting is amazing. I just want you guys to know that. But but koinonia, this is about community. This is about how we we structure the community, how we care about one another and and all of this. And and if you want to know, there's there's a word for this, and it's love, but it's more than love. It's agape love. It's that unconditional love. You know, and for us English-speaking people, we have one word for love. And so when I go home and my mom makes my favorite meal, I go, oh, mom, I love Krautburgers. They are amazing. If you've never had Krautburgers or Arunza, you are missing out on life. It is amazing, life-changing. Now, do I love them in the same way that I love Terry? No, Jack. I love nothing more than I love your wife except for Jesus Christ and God. Your wife? My wife. Where's my sermon? Wow. I love nothing more than my wife. Jack's not even married. That's craziness. Okay. Koinonia. The, the next one is a, a Greek word, kerygma. And that's all about the gospel. There.
2: Oh, don't worry. I pulled it up. I can multitask.
0: And so... Um, Kerygma is about the gospel, it's about the, it's about the good news. And, and The problem is that sometimes in, in, in the church world, all we want to focus on is, hey, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? And love is important. But it's sometimes we have to ask ourselves
2: a question, what's love got to do with it, right? You get that?
0: <clears throat> we get down, and, and if we aren't preaching the gospel, if we aren't telling people about the word of God, and what that means, then all we are is an aerosol can making everything smell nice, nice and fresh when it's not really that fresh. If you have teenage boys at home, you realize what bad smells are all about, right? And you go in there, and you spray an aerosol can, and it kind of covers it up. But actually what it does, it just makes your bathroom smell like sweaty boys and apple. We call that sweaty apple. But you need you need the gospel to come in and say, "Hey, there, there, there's something about this." But then there's another. We just can't we just can't stop there. It's Diaconos.
2: This is a Greek word. It, mostly, it's
0: about teaching. It's about discipleship. It's about digging deep. But for the point of this, it's about our doctrine. How well? How good are we?
2: How good are we? How well are we? How well do
0: we know what God is teaching us in the Bible? It, we, we dig in there and we say, man, I, I really want to know what God says. And so what the Bible teaches is primary to all of my feelings in life. And you've got to understand, at some point, we've got to come down to this and say, man, I really want to dig in here and I really want to get in here. Because it's the love of the church that, that attracts us. We're attracted to the love, and we come in and we're like, man, everyone makes me feel at home, and we are supposed to feel at home. We're supposed to feel loved, and we're supposed to feel cared about. But then we hear the gospel, and we hear that, that God's got a wonderful plan for our lives, that we can dig in deep, and we can do great things. But then we come to the, the doctrine, and that's where we dig in, and that's where we truly get to know it. We've been telling you guys that we're doing a little bit different stuff with, with men's ministry, we're doing events, and I'm not sure when or where our next event is going to be, but we're going to watch a documentary called Show Me the Father. And um, Terry and I watched uh, it mean, a couple months ago, but Justin and I were talking about it last night, how important fathers are in our society, how important it is for, for dads to step up and, and really show the thing. And even if you're saying, man, but what about that? But you can, be a, you can be a dad, and you can be a role model, and you can be an encouragement to the people around you, and you can just really step in there. But in 1 Peter 2.21, it says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. To this you were called. That's our key verse. That's we're talking about. We were called. You guys ever been around toddlers?
2: I mean, toddlers, when you talk
0: about generosity, the opposite has got to be a toddler, right? So there are 10 property laws of toddlers that I found I want to share with you guys. First, pro, first law, if I like it, it's mine. If it's in my hand, it's mine. If I can take it from you, it's mine. If I had a little while to go, it's mine. If, if it's mine, it was never appeared to be yours in any way. If I'm doing or building something, all the pieces are mine. If it looks just like mine, it's mine. If I saw it first, it's mine. If you're playing with something and you put it down, it automatically becomes mine. If it's broken, it's yours. (laughs) Kind of reminds me of uh, Finding Nemo. Have you guys seen this scene? Watch this guy with us.
3: Mine, 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 mine
0: Isn't that true? Mine, 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 mine. Generosity, you know, Terry talked about moving from from success to significance, but it goes from going mine, 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 to what has God called us to. We don't come into this world naturally generous. We come in selfish. We come in looking out for number one. And, you know, we, we watch it play out all the time in front of us, people who are just interested in themselves, and what can I get from it, and what can I get from it? And when you ask me, you know, Mark, why, why do you like sports so much? Because sports, I mean, there's some, there, there's some individual sports out there, but for the most part, sports teach you that you have to depend on somebody else. They have to do their job. God is calling us to be generous. The Second Corinthians 8, 7 says, but just as you excel in everything, in speech, in, in faith, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Paul is saying, you know what? We've got to get this figured out right here. But all a part of Conania is about how generous are we? Are we running around like the pigeons going, mine, 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 mine? Or are we saying, you know what? God is calling us to something else. Last week, I, I introduced to you the, the story of the Good Samaritan. I want to read it to you this morning from Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 30. Jesus said, a man was going down to, from Jerusalem to Jericho, When he fell in the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and he went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and banished his wounds, pouring out oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell to the hands of the robbers? The experts of the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, Go and do likewise. When you read this story, I think there's three attitudes that we pick up on. The the first attitude is what's yours is mine. We talk about that toddler mentality, which yours is mine. And therefore, if you have it and I want it, therefore, I'm going to take it. And we see this played out in the the world today. Anytime there's an excuse to riot in a big city, what do they do? They go into department stores and they take stuff that's not theirs. Because why? They want it. Which yours is mine. I want it. If you're looking for a key word to describe this, I know you guys are all thinking, man, what's, what, what could be a key word to describe this? Greed. And I know it, if you're my age, you, you grew up watching Wall Street and Michael Douglas, and he stands up and he says, greed is good. And it, it's been all kinds of mischaracterized about what that means. If you were watching... News this morning, which I I assume you guys all got up and read your Bibles instead of watching news, but after after I read my Bible this morning, I watched some news. They had a big uh, political convention in China, and the premier, the Soviet premier of China, the president, whatever you want to call him, had his predecessor ushered out by armed guards. Why? Why? He was a threat to him. It was all about greed. It's all about greed. We, we look at this and we say, man, but it, it's mine, and I, you have it, and I want it, If I'm going to take it from you. I'm going to take it by force if I have to, but I'm going to take it from you. In Luke 12, 15, he said, watch out. Be under your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. There was a rich miser and everyone knew that he had money and everybody knew that he did not spend his money. And he had wrote in his will and he instructed his wife that when I die, I want you to bury me with all my money. And she agreed. He, 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 he died one day and had a huge funeral and at the funeral, they see the wife go up and she's got this box in her hand. And they're like, what's she gonna do with that box? She goes up and she sits it down inside the coffin with them the lid is closed it's sealed they take the coffin away they they lower it when they're back and they're eating the fried chicken they're eating the coleslaw someone walked up to the widow and said I can't believe you put all that money in that coffin with them she goes well those were his wishes and she said so I decided the best thing I could do was write him a check right now. So it's like, where's he buried? I'm going to dig that up and cash that check in. You see, God didn't call us to be greedy and be all about what we can get. God called us to be generous. The second attitude that we see in this, in this t- passage is what's mine is mine and I'm going to keep it. Therefore, if I have it, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to hold my hands on it. I'm not going to let go of it. I am going to keep it looking for a keyword for this one
2: selfishness it's mine why should i give it away why should i share with you why why should i do any of that because it's mine
0: Paul tells us in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. But it's mine. I I want it. I I worked hard for it. This is mine. I'm going to keep it. It's mine. What does that say about us? In a moment of honesty, I would say the selfishness is the one thing that I struggle with the most. Terry's rolling your eyes because I don't believe it at all. But we have to fight through that sometimes. See, God didn't call us to live in our natural strengths. God called us to live in the supernatural glory. And so because of that, we've got to take greed, we've got to take selfishness, we've got to go up to the cross and just put it up there and say, God, this is what you died for, this is what you came for, this is natural mark, and so natural mark has to be crucified daily. I have to take up my cross daily, and I have to come before God daily and say, God, I need you daily to take care of this. In Romans 7 Paul tells us the thing: the things I want to do I do not do and the things I I do not want to do those are what I do and you're looking at that going that is so confusing until you realize that that's how we're living. Daily we come before God. Daily we make a choice and a desire that I'm going to live a holy life. I'm going to be set apart. I'm going to be different. But then we come to the good Samaritan and he's got a great attitude. See these attitudes right here these destroy Koinonia. It, it destroys our community. It, it destroys everything about us. The problem in America, the problem in the world, is that we are filled with greed, we're filled with selfishness, and, and we don't want to go across the street. We don't want to help anybody else out because we want to know what's in it for me. How can I get along? How can I, I, I move the target on this? But then we look at the Good Samaritan and it doesn't matter where we are, we're like, man, that's where I need to be. But the the Good Samaritan says, What's well, mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. He was generous. He was generous. See, God calls us to step out in faith and be generous. To look for ways to pour in other people. Psalm 112.5 says, Good will come from him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Proverbs 11.25, A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will will himself be refreshed. Acts 20.35, In everything I did, I showed you that by the kind of hard work we must must help the weak. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus himself. He said, It's more blessed to give than to receive. We look at all these things we're like, man. I mean, we all admit we would like at the end of our days when someone stands up and, and, and reads our eulogy to say, you know what, they were a generous person. They cared about others. They, they loved people around them. God's calling us He's calling us to step into generosity and to say, you know what, I'm going to live here. And generosity isn't really even about money. Sometimes it's about time. It's about pouring your life out. And this is in my notes, but I've got a personal story for you guys. So yesterday... Jack was running in his regional cross country event and I was so excited for him and I woke up in the morning and, and uh, it was one of those things I couldn't wait to go out there and watch him, but he didn't run until twelve forty five. And so we go out there to to run and, and uh, my mom and dad came over. We're sitting at the starting line, I'm watching Jack get ready, and I'm excited for him. I was praying, God, let him run his race. Let him run his race. And so Jack takes off, and I take off running. And I just want you to know, I outran all the, all, all the cross-country runners to mile, mile marker one. I was proud of myself. I had a shortcut, but I still beat him. <laughs> and, and I get over there, and Jack's running. I'm like, man, Jack looks great. Jack looks great. And they've got these, they've got these uh, switchbacks going up, and he's looking great. And, and so then Lance is with me, and we take off running, and, and Lance is, is chasing after me. And we get to another section, and I look. And he's grabbing at his groin. And see, Jack pulled his groin a couple months ago, or about a month ago. And they said hey, it going to be a four week thing. And he ran last week, and he, he, he ran well even with the groin injury. But he was laboring. And I called Terry up on the phone, and I, I was like, Terry, he's hurting. He's hurting bad. Couldn't even get the words out of my mouth. I said, he's hurting bad. And so then I, I sprint through and, and, uh, People are jumping out of the way as I'm running to get to the next checkpoint to see how he's doing. And he's at that point of, should I stop or should I continue? I mean, God bless it, he continued. crosses the finish line, but here's, here's, the, here's the story. Asher Scantlin came and brought two other good friends of Jack's. And, and Emma was there as well. And they were there just to celebrate with Jack. I mean, it's, it's as tough as it was. I mean, y- yesterday was an emotionally draining day, and I, I was with Kenneth last night. And I said, Kenneth, I, I am emotionally tapped out today. It was so tough, but I loved watching the Aeneas, the generous spirit in action. I said, hey. We're proud of you, Jack. We love you, Jack. Great job, Jack. And I'm like, that right there's what the church is to be all about. And uh, God is calling us, and sometimes we, we think, man, if things aren't working out right, if my life is not ideal, and, and can God really use me? There, there's a movie I watched about a year ago on I think it was on Amazon Prime. It might have been on Pure Flix, I'm not sure but it was called unconditional. And this lady in the movie, her name was Sam, and she had what we would say a picture-perfect life. Her husband uh, went to go to the store to pick up some groceries that she forgot about, and while he was out, he was killed by someone who was high. It completely wrecked her, completely destroyed her. She, She separated from the church. She separated from all these things. But in her brokenness, God brought people in her life to show her what love was all about. And here's the closing scene where she's talking about sharing love.
4: Life is so beautiful. So full of magic and possibilities. I thought that my story had come to an end. But I was wrong. Once upon a time, there lived a little baby oriole bird. His mama called him Firebird on account of his amazingly beautiful orange feathers. Now, little Firebird, he just lived for the
3: sunshine. He was basking in that sunshine for hours. Very
4: good. Joe, helped me find something that I had lost along the way. Something I had once believed so strongly that the storms of life are bound to come, but that maybe even in those storms, in the loneliest times of all, you're never really alone. Love is the most powerful thing on earth. I've seen what it can do, and it can do amazing things. Sometimes I imagine a world where everyone knows a love that's unconditional, and what a beautiful world it is. I think Billy had it right. That there truly is enough love to go around. All you have to do is share it. like the sun, constant and unchanging. What if you woke up one day and realized nothing can take that away?
0: God's love is constant and unchanging. You know, the very word Christian means to be like Christ. We, we should so represent Christ that, that people look at us and say, wow, are you Jesus? Not in a messianic type of way, but a way of saying, wow, you represent what Jesus is all about. And there should be a drive inside of us says, man, I want to be more like Jesus, and I want to put on the mantle of God's grace in me. But here's the question, what will I do? We, we look in the Bible, and it talks about being generous, do what I should do, and this is, the key word for that is obedience, But this is just the beginning level, just obeying what God has called us to do, just stepping out and saying, this is the minimum, and I'm going to do the minimum because that is obedience. This is what God has called me to do. In Malachi chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, God says to the prophet, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. In verse 10, he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Tell me this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw, oh, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. He says, test me. The only time in the Bible that God says, test me in this. And it's talking about that baseline obedience. Will we obey God? Because it all starts there.
2: And I want you to know, it's not about financing God. God doesn't need our money. God needs our obedience.
0: The second one is do what I could do. And if you're looking for a word for this one, it's sacrifice. Do what I could, could do to make sacrifices. As parents, aren't there sacrifices we make for our kids? Aren't there things that we do that, that lets our kids know that we love and we're, we're putting them first? When you get married, you make sacrifices to be with your husband, to be with your wife. You make sacrifices. In 2 Corinthians 8, 3, and 4, it says, For I testify that they gave me as much as they were able to, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing the service of the saints. They said, they they wanted to give. They asked us, can we help out? Can we share in the ministry? Can we do what God is calling us to do? Next week, as we talk about being called to serve, I want to tell you about something new on our website where you can go and, and take, and it's not there yet, but I'm teasing you about it right now. But you can go and find out what God is calling you to do. You can go and find out how God has equipped you to serve. The third thing is do what I would do. This is blessing. And I know that nobody in this, in this room is Elon Musk or Bill Gates. And sometimes we say, man, if I had their money, this is what I would do. And, and what this is saying is, you know what, I want to have a heart that blesses others. I want to have a heart that, that pours grace into other people. I want to have that about me. And I want you to know it's not about money. Sometimes you're a blessing by just pouring your life into people. Sometimes you're a blessing by just saying, you know what? I want to coach Little League football, or I'm going to coach baseball, or I'm going to coach basketball. I'm going to bring someone in, and I'm going, to, I'm going to teach them how to do math, or I'm going to teach them how to help them out with their reading. But you're saying, you know what? I'm going to be a blessing to Somebody. If you bless me supernaturally, I'm going, to give, I'm going to keep giving myself away. What in your life are you saying, man, I can't wait to give myself away in this? I can't wait to give myself away. I can't wait to serve. I can't wait to do something great. I can't wait to see what God is going to do. I've showed this music video before, but I think it's a great way to close out today. And we'll watch it with us, and I'll pray. It's called Bad Day Good. Watch this with us. you guys have always been generous and amazing people. Last summer, we took 31 youth plus youth sponsors to the youth camp. And we're getting ready to leave the day before. And Kenneth goes, you yeah, know, we have no, no way of getting food on the way back. And uh, Terry goes, let me take care of it. And Terry made some phone calls. And we had more than enough money to come in to cover uh, going to... We, we were We were hoping for like... You know, a cheap meal, but we had enough money come in that we were able to take the kids to hide away. We had a waitress there. And because of your generosity, we were able to give the waitress between 250 and $300 as a tip. She walked up the Tana Scantland, and she goes, you don't know how much, how much I needed this money to pay bills and, and everything. A couple of years ago, when Juju was run over by a bus, and uh, we heard about it, because of your generosity, we were able to send the family at that moment, on that, at that time, $1,000 to take care of immediate stuff.
2: Because of your generosity here at church.
0: God's calling us not to live our lives holding on to everything, but to live our life saying, God, take it. Would you pray with me? Dear God, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would, Challenge us this morning, God. Speak into our hearts and our lives and maybe always ask this question and as we're generous to, with Connect Church, that we can be generous with our community, God, and see great things take place. I pray God that we would just truly follow you. May everywhere that people see us, they would say, "Wow, those are true Christians right there. I pray this in your holy name. Amen.
1: We are a people. People all in God's love. We are a church, connected church by His own love. Connecting people together in perfect harmony. Connecting people to God, for His love sets free. Connecting to ban the you know you are.